This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello. Hello and welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. I'm very close to the microphone this week. I feel like it's an ASMR episode. And the reason for that is I'm sleeping very close to Joe Wilkinson. He is not in the same bed as me. He is not in the same room as I am. But we are staying in the same hotel and his bedroom is directly behind mine. It is very late at night. I fell asleep too early after we wrapped on our filming today of our brand new show, Bargain Holidays, for Channel 4. It's been so much fun. It's the first time I've really been away from Fred for a chunk and Bobby is home with him. That's insane to me, but also Fred's nearly 14 months and I'm pregnant and I just cannot. I cannot film 16 hours a day and be up with a baby all night. So we've decided to do this. And I don't want to wake Joe because... We, uh, we start again at 6 a.m. tomorrow and it's nearly midnight, but this is the time that I have to do the podcast. So I'm very happy that you still listen. For those of you who still listen, I know that the podcast is irregular and I mean, listen, I'm trying to get it out. Think of it as a fun surprise. You get a notification. Oh, Catherine's done another podcast this week. That's great. I'm trying to get back to it, but it has been a whirlwind. We are in Canada you know that from last week's episode. I was doing loads of gigs for Just for Laughs in Montreal, and then I went on to Ottawa and Toronto, and I did some gigs there. Thank you very much if you came. I'm always so touched that people travel to see me on purpose. I mean, in an act of hatred against the LGBT community, I was booked on the same night in Toronto as Lady Gaga. So I know that created a problem for some people in the gay community who wanted to see both. And there was a wonderful couple. Oh, no, they weren't a couple. No, they weren't. This one guy, well, they were both from Sarnia, so they were friends. One of them was straight, though. But they traveled from Toronto to Ottawa to see me in the front row because they already had tickets to Gaga in Toronto. And that is not an easy drive. That is a five-hour drive minimum. And then a bunch of my friends traveled to the Toronto show from Sarnia and from all over, from Barrie, from... Well, they were mostly Bobby's friends. Four of the friends were mine. Everyone else's was Bobby's friends and family. But basically, Canada is no effing joke to get around. It is a big-ass country, and it takes absolutely ages. And we chose to drive with the children rather than flying them places just because you know how it is with airports and travel lately, and it just, you can't count on it. So some days, Bobby was driving in the car for what's the legal amount that you can drive like 12 hours with breaks the car that we rented reminded Bobby to take coffee breaks but everyone was so nice who came to see me 
It was good to see Bobby's friends and family. We spent some time in Sarnia, and that was excellent because, you know, everybody wants to see Fred and Violet especially, and we were very careful with our time. Loads of people tried to schedule us in. Oh, let's do a barbecue. Let's have a special party for you guys on this day. Bobby's family wanted to do this big event, and we said, no, we will make zero plans. We will be available for pop-ins. This is how we do it in a small town. We will pop in. You never know when. You never know where. We're just going to visit you. We promise that. So we stayed in an Airbnb, which is illegal in Sarnia. So we actually had to stay. I mean, I would call it an outskirt of Sarnia, but it wasn't. It's, it's Sarnia is so small that there's a, a neighborhood, that a neighborhood basically in Sarnia near the bridge that's called Point Edward. They're allowed Airbnbs. But Sarnia itself, for some reason, is not allowed Airbnbs unless you live in the Airbnb and it's your primary residence, but nobody wants to stay there. When I get Airbnbs, I need it to be very private. And I had to lower my expectations for Sarnia because there are no luxury homes available to rent. So we rented like a bungalow, very simple, nice family home, you know, no complaints, Airbnb in Point Edward. Uh, And listen, it was close to family. It was close to everything. It was perfect for us. It was safe for Fred. It was very clean. Uh, They had great water pressure. They provided towels, very comfortable bedding. There was a backyard, uh, a list of like fun things to do, which I don't think are fun. You know, it was perfect. But on the second or third night that we were there, the neighbors started having quite a loud party. I mean, I could tell that people were gathering at the house around noon, like midday it was getting loud, but I don't care. And I am not one to spoil people's fun. Violet likes to call me a Karen. That could not be a more inaccurate description of me. It could not be further from the truth. I never want to spoil anyone's day. And plus we're out all the time with Fred, bombing around visiting family. But when we got home with Fred... He was very tired. It's now 8 p.m. Fred's bedtime. He zonks out and he falls into bed. He and I sleep in the same bed and the bedroom that we had chosen was at the back of the house. There was a a large window that was obviously closed because Sarnia and I think all of Ontario that I have experienced loves to over air condition the shit out of their properties. So picture the scene. It's like 35 to 40 degrees outside Celsius. A lot of people think that Canada doesn't get hot. It gets hotter than a fat man's nutsack. But indoors, they keep it like 18, 19 degrees, which is too cold. It's so cold that I was genuinely wearing like sweaters. And because it was someone else's property, I was not able to adjust the thermostat. And, you know, they were very nice for keeping it cold because most Canadians would love that. I fucking couldn't stand it. And Violet got sick. Not just from this Airbnb air conditioning, but just being in Canada generally. The Ritz in Montreal was cold. Our Toronto Airbnb was cold. Every shop you go into, every restaurant is cold. My mom's house is cold. I don't know why they live this way. But when you move from hot to cold to hot to cold, like, am I at a fucking Swedish spa? Going from a sauna to an ice bath? Uh, Maybe it is an immune modulator. Maybe it's done that way on purpose. But I mean, for British people or like as close to British as you can get I thought it was weird you know like get a fan open a window I was so so happy to be back on British soil uncomfortable in my bed (laughs) from the heat but 
this party started happening and I put Fred to bed at the back of the house and their garden was right next to our garden. And even though the windows were closed, I mean, this was a loud party and it sounded just as loud in the bedroom as it did in the backyard. This was not, you know, mulling around, chatting, gathering. It was very, very sarny. It was like, fucking hey, bro, you fucking piece of shit. Oh, yeah, let's turn up the Bon Jovi and the Nickelback. Yeah, you motherfucker. Like loads of sudden yelling and screaming. Uh, I think, I'm, I don't know. I would say by listening like 50 to 100 people. Splashing, bonfire, music, yelling, swearing, talking, laughing. Like not a white noise that a baby could sleep along to, but quite sudden loud sounds and I just thought oh my god all right there are bylaws in most towns I checked the one where we were staying and it said that you can't make that type of noise from 11 p.m till 7 a.m and I thought well you know worst case scenario Fred is awake at 9 10 p.m and then by 11 p.m I'll make a polite request to my Airbnb host that maybe they ring next door and say you know what could you just keep it down? Or maybe the party will be winding down and they'll respectfully be a little bit quiet by then. No, no, no. I I don't know a lot about class A drugs. I would never accuse someone of taking class A drugs, but I don't know where energy comes from for, for people to party and get louder and louder and more like weird and wild past a certain time. This party went on past 11. This party went on past 1 o'clock to the point where Violet, who loves any admin, she loves to make a phone call, she loves to make a complaint, she loves to make a request, she loves all of that. Like Since she was three years old, she's the one to call down to room service and be like, hello, can we please have some champagne for the room? Oh, by the way, I uh, did request a steamer. You know, she's not rude, but she just loves to do all that business with people. She loves it. She loves getting on the phone. So she said, Mommy, I'll call the number. I'll make a complaint about the noise. And I said, I don't know really if we should, Violet. I feel bad. And she's like, no, no, no. Fred's sleeping. He could be up at any moment. Then you'd be up all night. And in fairness to Fred, none of this noise really woke him up. Like he wakes up anyway to drink milk. But he didn't seem to be bothered by it. But I was kept awake by the worry that he would be bothered by it. And if he woke up fully with this kind of noise going on, I wouldn't be able to get him back to sleep. We had options. Could I move him to a different room, trade with my daughter maybe, or like sleep with my daughter in a more quiet bedroom? I could have, but I was scared to move him and wake him up that way. He has a routine. He's asleep in a dark room. When he wakes up from milk, he doesn't open his eyes. I thought that picking him up and putting him in a different room might be a problem. Bobby was out, I think, or out until he was back and then asleep in the basement. The entire time we were in Canada, Bobby was on like a world nocturnal tour of visiting his friends. And I was pregnant and home with the children at night. And that worked for us. That was fine. Uh, But I just didn't know what to do. So Violet rings the noise complaint line, which I think is the OPP, Ontario Provincial Police. But they're not busy in Sarnia, even though they should be lately because there appears to be a growing meth problem. But that's another episode. Um, Well, no, I could do it on this episode, I guess. One of my friends works at the border and he has an incredible drug dog. And this dog smells like any type of different drug from miles away. And he's very clever. And he got a giant haul recently. 
and apparently it's all operated by cartels now and it's a very serious problem bringing drugs in because we are a border town we're Canada but we're right right on the border of America it will take you three minutes to drive to America so a lot of drugs come in and happily you know they're being stopped I'm sorry if you like drugs but I think class A's ruin lives anyway Um, but I think a lot of the drugs get stuck in the city or people don't have a lot to do in that city Uh, when I was leaving fentanyl was the big thing but now I think I've heard meth has come in it's just so sad because you do it once and you steal from your family and you sell all your shit and your life is over you know it's not a drug that you can easily step out of so if you are thinking about taking bath salts fentanyl meth just realize that like you do it once you have a choice and then you never have a choice again in many cases sometimes you can get out but it's very rare and it will ruin your life or kill you I'm very anti all of this I'm sorry I like to be cool I'm not a regular mom I'm a bad mom but like just please don't do it smoke some weed if you have to and Canadian weed not British weed that's mixed with tobacco uh anyway so there's a drug problem in Sarnia but the police weren't busy they got right on the phone uh which is more than I can say for British police we were burgled I called 999 I was put on hold but when I called with Violet the Ontario Provincial Police the local police they answered and they were like hi and Violet's little British voice in that town it's honestly as though Harry Styles has come for dinner people are like what the fuck they just listen and she's like hello I'm so sorry to be a bother my mum is actually trying to sleep with the baby we've got a small baby and there are neighbors next door and they're having quite a loud bonfire with lots of music and shouting and the man could hear this going on that's how loud it was And he's like, oh, yeah, that does sound really loud. And he said to my daughter, how old are you? She's like, I'm 13. He goes, do you think there are any children at this party? She's like, I wouldn't want to speculate. I don't know. He goes, are there any drugs or alcohol at this party? She's like, again, I'm not sure. I can see they've got a fire going. There's lots of music, lots of shouting, and lots of people as well. He's like, oh, a bonfire, okay. Would you say there are more than 10 people? She's like, yes, I would. Unfortunately, there are many people, and they don't seem to be going home anytime soon. And so he sent a police car. He said, all right, we'll deal with it. We'll ask them to please be quiet. This was the worst thing that could have possibly happened. I could hear, you know, every sound at this party. I hear the police turn up and they have a little murmured chat like the whole party goes quiet, by the way. And I remember this from being in high school. We had parties. The police would come to the door. I was often nominated to talk to them because I can always act sober even when I'm drunk. I had that skill from age 15. Not that you should be drinking at 15, but I would always be the one who was like, hi, officer. Okay, yes, we'll be very quiet. And they can't enter your property. So, I mean, I'm sure when they pulled up, they could hear and see the noise because it was outside. But whomever they spoke to was like, yeah, yeah, we'll keep it down. No problem. Everyone was quiet during the visit. And then as soon as the police car left, everyone in the backyard, especially this one man who sounded like a woman, you know, when you get so exuberant that your voice starts to sound, he was like, fucking A, fuck you, whoever called the police. We have a fucking party. Like he just got to a Mickey Mouse level of drunk asshole. And um, they got louder after that. So then I reached out to the Airbnb host. I emailed and I said, I'm sorry to be a pain. Perhaps you know your neighbors in this type of neighborhood. Perhaps you can make a polite request to have your neighbors shut the fuck up, basically. Because we do have a baby and it's crazy o'clock and it doesn't sound like they're wrapping up anytime soon. 
And the host was like, oh, well, yes, that's my neighbor's son, actually. And he's home from a deployment in the Navy. So they're celebrating. And, you know, I respect the armed armed forces. So, you know, like hopefully they quiet down soon. But you could understand how you'd want to celebrate after a deployment. I, I thought that being in the Navy was all about rules and order. And I am game for a celebration. But at 1 a.m. when you're making the type of noise they're making, like what? Are, what's the Canadian Navy even doing? Canadian Navy, what are they doing? Let's see if they're in the news. News, Royal Canadian Navy. With resources stretched, Canadian Navy worships out of NATO forces for the first time since 2014. Sea trials, oldest active Canadian Navy ship coming to Kingston training ship like where are they what do you mean deployed it's not like you can send the canadian navy to afghanistan or like ukraine what's going on canadian frigates absent from nato naval forces for first time it seems like they're not doing much no disrespect to the canadian navy but like look a seafarers fleet week looks like they're having a great time anyway I'm all for a party, but I said to this woman, being in the Navy does not surprise me because they have been acting like sailors all night, swearing, carrying on, playing music. I would really appreciate if you could keep them quiet because I may not be in the Navy, but I am in the middle of a fucking war as I am pregnant with a small baby and I really need to sleep. In any case, nothing was done. This party carried on until six in the morning. I did not sleep at all that night. I myself made a call to the police at 5.30 and I said, hi, my daughter rang you asking for this to keep quiet and like it's still going on. I just don't know when it's going to stop in my life and I am tempted to retaliate with my own, you know, because game recognized game. I was going to go out there with Fred's nursery rhymes and a fucking loudspeaker at 6 a.m. and start playing one potato, two potato, three potato, four. And they didn't send anyone that second time. The woman's like, oh, they're still having a party. Oh, okay. And you can't even make noise before seven. So it was still illegal. But anyway, they wrapped it up at seven. And the Airbnb host was really nice, actually, because she said, oh, my husband was out for a walk. People love to walk. Older people just absolutely love to walk around Sarnia. He was out for a walk at 6 a.m. And he walked past the house and he could see that there was still a bonfire and a party. So, you know, I apologize. I'm going to give you a refund for the night. And I said, my most valuable currency, ma'am, is sleep. And you can't refund me that. And I'm not interested in your money. Thank you. I know it's not your fault. I understand. You know, she said, well, we respect pregnant mothers as much as we respect people in the armed forces. You know, there's like a there's like a surplus of respect in Canada. Everyone's respecting everyone so much. It's like Britain. They don't want to be rude or step on anyone's toes. Like, this is not this woman's fault. I didn't want anything from her after the fact. I was just fucking tired. And she's like, I'll give you two nights refund. I was like, no. We were really out Canadian one another. I was like, I do not want your money. I do not want a refund. What's done is done. It just would have been nice if you could have made a call to the mother of this friend, whatever next door boy in the Navy and tell him to shut the fuck up. But look, whatever he was doing in the Navy, I'm glad he's safe. I understand that the Navy do good work. I'm not, you know, particularly up to date on what they're doing right now, what he was doing for six months that required to have a party till 6am. But whatever. I'm old. I was tired from that. And then I see that Jennifer Lopez 
has changed her last name to Affleck. And it was just the icing on the cake of my week because I got in trouble. Like, I don't even know why I mentioned these things. I have to talk to press sometimes to promote things. For example, a new series of All That Glitters, which is the jewelry competition show, Britain's Search for uh, the Next Big Jewelry Star. That starts again on BBC Two at 9 p.m. August 25th. I'm doing some press to promote all of that. Also, my paperback of The Audacity comes out. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more of a basic cover. The hardback cover was very like, whoa, drag. It was meant to grab the people who like that side of me. And this paperback cover is more like, hey, moms, you know, I've got some white wine in the picture. It's more gentle. I'm trying to reach out to, you know, the Stacey Solomon demographic who might have been put off by the first hardback cover. I'm supposed to promote that as well. But I have been saying to people, like, I feel like less is more with me at the minute. Because as soon as I say anything on Twitter or on Instagram or on the podcast, it gets in these tabloid newspapers because that's how journalism works now. And I commented on Twitter, which I should know better than to do, like, why has Jennifer Lopez taken Ben Affleck's last name? She worked hard to grow that name. She rode the six fans of hers will know what train that is she busted her ass she danced all her life she was on living color she did everything she could to make the name jennifer lopez a huge success and just because she's married she's changed that now to like the name of a man who has become a dunkin donuts meme like no offense ben affleck i think he's fine but i mean we've seen him lately just struggling to carry coffees (laughs) I don't like smoking in alleyways and stuff. And I just don't know why the default would be like, oh, I'm going to be Jennifer Affleck now. Wouldn't he want to be Ben Lopez? All right. He's got children who have the last name Affleck, but she's got children. And I don't even think they have her last name anyway. But my problem with it isn't so this is the thing everyone's been commenting on like Mumsnet and wherever else and on my instagram and in the daily mail comments and wherever else like what business of it is yours what a woman does and what a woman wants her name to be she should be allowed yes absolutely but my issue is that no one even thinks about it no one puts any reasonable rational thought into what they want women just go oh, I'll take my husband's name. Like they they don't even take a minute to say, well, does this make sense? And not to like catastrophize, but this is how the Nazis took hold. People don't think about what makes sense. They just go, oh, that's the rule. Oh, that's tradition. Okay, I'll do that. And that for me is in an indication of a very scary society when people just do without thinking. Because as soon as you highlight to them, like, you know, that is about ownership. Like you just default taking someone's name. You go from being someone's daughter to being someone's wife. If you like his name better or you want his name or like that's truly what you choose, fine. But you need to ask yourself why he's not taking your name. I think say to your new husband, like, oh, would you consider taking my name? Watch him laugh in your fucking face. And then you will see. Now, that's not everyone. There are loads of people who double barrel their name, Brooklyn Beckham, who's married this rich Pelts girl, he thinks he invented the double-barreled name. He goes, yeah, we've decided to be the Pelts Beckhams, and we're going to have kids, and they're going to be the little Pelts Beckhams, and we think that's cool. At least this young boy is a free thinker, 
And his name now is Brooklyn Peltz Beckham. I know posh people do this because they have lineage. And this Peltz girl is like a billionaire. So I get it. But I wish more people just thought about it. Take your husband's name if you want, but just think about it. Don't just walk into it blindly. Like so many women have come back to me and been like, well, I wanted to have the same name as my children. Okay, Laura, why do your children automatically get your husband's name? Oh, yeah. Like it just shouldn't be automatic. Just think about it. Have a discussion in your home for me. Like have one rational discussion where you're not bogged down by thousands of years of tradition to the point that you don't even ask that like you're just like yeah I guess I'll be Jane Butts because I'm marrying Mark Butts fucking idiots since we're talking about couples from the early 2000s Brittany and Kevin Federline have fallen out you all know that I love Brittany that I don't think that whatever's going on with Brittany is her fault means she's a bad person means she's on drugs means she should be under conservatorship I feel like her state of mind her posts and her erratic behavior is all a result of being infantilized and not being able to make her own decisions and being under an illegal hold by her management and her family for so long I think very dark things probably happened to Britney Spears knowing what we know now about Hollywood and about some of these circles and about some of the darkness that goes on Uh, think just think about how sexualized and popular Britney Spears was when she was only like 15 years old she was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in a very adult pose and she was like with teddy bears in little underpants like I just I don't know what we're gonna find out in the future what trauma Britney has repressed I would not be surprised. You know, I have no information, but I would not be surprised if there weren't some shady, uh, you know, trafficking that Brittany was subject to when she was younger. Think about it. Think about the type of wealth that exists in the world, the type of access we've found that certain men have, the type of like power that they hold over people and what they're capable of getting away with. Like, this Ghislaine Maxwell's in jail but like no other no people were her clients where are they I don't know what the fuck's going on in Hollywood but I don't like it and I especially think that there was a point in time where pop stars were very 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 vulnerable and boy pop stars too it was sick the music industry I think is still still quite sick but Britney's got problems and she needs patience and she needs help and the Fetter lines have come out. Kevin, for some unknown reason, this backup dancer who has just benefited from having these two kids with Britney, he has like a nice family and a nice life and he's out of the spotlight and she funds everything. He's running his mouth now like, oh, well, my kids don't see Britney. We've decided as a family to say, you know, that she's this and that and not the best mom and my boys are sad about it, but I'm going to air all our dirty laundry now because everyone connected to Britney Spears is talking to press or has a book deal or saying some shit about her that I don't like. And now he has released videos taken allegedly by his children, their children, Sean Preston and Jaden, of Britney disciplining her kids. So the first video, if you haven't seen it, and I mean, there's no need to see it. You would not like it if your children, your teenaged or like preteen children recorded you in your darkest moments when you're disciplining them when you finally come to the end of the tether when you've lost it 
swearing at them or yelling at them or whatever the language is of your household, you know. He's filming, Jaden's filming her at night and she comes into his room and he's like, this is my room. And she's like, this is my house and y'all need to respect me as a woman and I can come in my child's room in my house and I'm bringing you, I think she swears in this, I'm bringing you fucking cream because you said your skin is rough and you not moisturizing. So I'm bringing you this cream and it's my house and you will respect me. Now her voice gets very scary mom dark at some times I don't talk to my children this way but you know like I said different people have different uh, ways of communicating in their house she was mad she's disciplining them like god forbid a mom come into the child's room and go what you're not taking care of yourself my job is to raise you into someone who takes care of himself and you're not doing it so before you go to bed, put this moisturizer on your face. Is she dealing with it exactly the way you or I would? No. But do I think she's being abusive? I don't. She's berating him a little bit, but we don't, you know, we see a 20 second clip. We don't know what else went on in the day or what a little shit this kid is being. Regardless, I don't talk to my kids that way. But, I, you know, I have gotten cross a few times. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not Britney Spears. Whatever. So then the second video She's in the car and she's like, the fuck are you doing? The fuck? You had no shoes on in the snow. What are you doing in Alaska with no shoes on? What are you like not looking at? Again, it's a fight about personal care. And this is probably very triggering to Brittany because she's like, well, what the hell? I raised you with your father better than like I was raised. And yes, I went barefoot in a public gas station bathroom, but I don't expect that behavior from my sons be a little bit smarter, wear shoes in the snow. So she takes his phone away and he's like, oh, you're going to take my phone away? She's like, yeah, I'm taking your phone away because you didn't wear shoes. And like, this is all framed to make her look like some like unhinged, dangerous parent. Like, God forbid, she asks for respect from her kids. And yeah, she swears at them a bit, but she asks them to wear their shoes in the snow and she takes his phone away. And people are freaking out, like having a mobile phone is all of a sudden a basic human right take your kids phones away I was talking to a woman the other day who has a son who's been driving really dangerously I know it's hard he's 16 he's not an adult he's a little bit of an adult so you have to tread carefully but she's like yeah I don't know what to do you know he's had a few driving incidents in a few weeks and he just got his license and I'm like well why is he driving a car she said well he paid for his car I'm like so okay you're, you're still his mother. Does he still live under your roof? Do you still feed him? Take his fucking car. Like, I think I'm a hard-ass parent, especially if my child were doing something dangerous or that, something that endangered their lives. Now, it's more complicated than that because what you don't want is for your child to go, well, you can't take my car. I'm leaving. And then they go and live with their girlfriend or wherever or they like hurt themselves even worse by rebelling. You know, like I, I get that it's a precarious line that you have to carefully tread but I mean I just think this attack against Brittany oh my god look at her yelling at her children she's a terrible mom well at least someone's disciplining them where's K-Fed telling him to wear shoes in the snow letting him keep his phone all the time when he speaks disrespectfully to his mother and doesn't moisturize all right SPF is important exfoliating is important moisturizing is important we know this I've said it before I'll say it again leave Brittany alone and don't throw stones when you all live in glass houses if you're the perfect parent and you've never lost your temper with your child fine 
But imagine you're Britney fucking Spears and your child is maliciously recording you for God knows why. Like, you know, children record everything now, so you have to be careful. <laughs> but for KFED to be like, we've decided to release this footage, like, fuck off, KFED. Don't forget that he left his pregnant girlfriend, Shar Jackson, to be with Britney. And where have we seen that behavior before? Tristan Thompson. On to the Kardashians. Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian have welcomed their second child via surrogate. That was announced on the same day it was announced that Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson split. They were together for how long? Nine months. So what? They got together on the exact day that the surrogate conceived Tristan's baby? Chris Jenner. I'm clapping very quietly as not to wake Joe, but I could not love Chris Jenner more. Every day I fall more in love with this woman. So in the beginning of the Kim and Pete relationship, I was like, I feel annoyed because I think I'm being played and I don't like to be manipulated. I don't like to be messed with. This of course was picked up by the press like Catherine Ryan calls the relationship between Kim and Pete an abomination. Like for no reason other than I think they're both great people. I understand the sexual appeal of Pete. He is like a bad boy with a heartbreaking story and he's a great comedian and he's got a good aura and apparently a huge dick and Kim Kardashian obviously I think is one of the most beautiful women in the world and if they want to date I get it fine she's after breaking up with Kanye she wants to be with someone light and fun and funny and silly but something happens with women where they're with Pete and they're obsessed with him for a few months and then they go oh and I think that's that is reminiscent of dating a lot of comedians that you go, he's exciting. He's so funny. He's so smart. He knows so much. And then you hit a wall and you go, oh yeah, but there's this. So I don't know, maybe it was a real thing. As time went on, I really believed it was a real thing. But in the beginning, the only reason I was against, well, not against it, but the only reason I felt antagonized by it is because I, I don't really know what's real with that family. And I appreciate the entertainment, even when it's fake. I like that Chris Jenner takes me on a wild ride and I get entertained by news stories about that family. You know, I appreciate that, even if it is hyper-sensationalized for my entertainment television, fine. But with this, I was like, oh, I just, I need to get to the bottom of it. I don't understand how I still do not have mutual friends with the Kardashians so that I can fact-check these things so I know what's real and what's not because I get so deeply invested. And I also need to know what's gone on with Kim's body, with Kim's face. The best information that I currently have, and it's not confirmed, but the best scientific eyes on it have told me quite reliably that Kim had a deep, plain facelift in her 30s. You think a facelift is for your 60s. And a traditional facelift is, I think, they pick up the skin. You know, if you don't know about surgery, they do cuts like behind and all around your ears and then inside your hairline. And they basically uh, lift your entire face up cut some of the extra skin off and stitch it again it's all covered by your hairline and your face is like picked up off the floor with a deep plain facelift they go in it's a little bit less invasive you know they don't cut all around your forehead they just kind of go in your hairline kind of beside your eyes and then also behind your ears for the jawline and they pick up the ligaments and stitch those and they pick up the skin and stitch that and then they do a little bit of a fat transfer because as you get older 
you lose fat in your face, which is very youthful. It's like a highway for collagen. And you also lose muscle definition and skin elasticity. So like a deep plain facelift allegedly addresses all of this. I would be lying if I said I didn't want one. I'm not going to get one, obviously. I've done no surgery on my face. I keep having to reiterate that. If you want to think that I have, I truly don't give a fuck. But the truth is I haven't. And I would say if I did. But um, oh, when Kim looks so good, like she doesn't look done, I don't think. We all know she's had plastic surgery, even though she denies it. But like, it just looks so good. Her jawline is snatched. Yes, part of it might be fillers or weight loss. But she doesn't look like it's filler. Like it's just too good. It's just too good. And I need that family to be more transparent about who they're going to, for what, why, where, when, just so I know. You know, I don't want to harass them. I don't want to criticize them. But I do sort of think it's irresponsible to act as though a regular girl can look the way Kim and Chloe and Kylie specifically look without doing more than the gym. Courtney, I think, is very natural. I don't think she does a lot. She's done some things, but not as much. And Kendall just happens to be like a supermodel, though, you know, she's having little tweakments. But the the like supernatural shape of Kylie, Chloe, and Kim's body, I think I think people deserve to know that they cannot achieve that naturally. I think that is fair. If you have all these people investing in you in your life, you know, because there's a thing with privacy and it's no one's business but when you're advertising this shape to the extent that they are and it's a huge part of our investment in you and what we watch I think you have to just go by the way I respect you enough to let you know that you can stop drinking these shakes that make you shit yourself and stop going to the gym as much as you are like go a bit for your mental health but this is surgery you know And by the way, Catherine Ryan, here's who I'm going to for the surgery. Here's how much it costs. Because I don't want you going to a bad doctor and trying to guess what I've done. I want you to save up all your life so that when you turn 50 or whatever, you can get a deep plane facelift from whomever it was. Dr. Karam, Dr. Jason Diamond. It's not Dr. Orion. I'm narrowing it down, but I don't have the answer and I want it. Let's now take a short break to hear from our sponsors. And when we return, I will get to your very spicy letters. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Oh, I got so many messages about this. So last week we were talking about Montreal and the lift for the lobby says RC. And I was like, that's reception. But no, so many of you got in touch and told me it is not. It means rez-de-chaussée, as in like ground floor, not reception. So I stand corrected. Sorry to the French people. I'm as wrong as the Americans. Oh no, this is a terrible email about culture and heartbreak. Catherine, two years ago, the love of my life dumped me. He didn't dump me because he didn't love me, though. His Muslim family would not let him seriously date a white woman. We were only together for a year and a half, but it was the most magical time in my life. He truly loved me. Every inch of me. He treated me like a queen. He was thoughtful, vulnerable, and kind. Our sex was out of this world amazing. He got on so well with my family, and everyone would tell us how perfect we were together. We both told each other all the time that we knew we were each other's person. We talked about marriage and kids, and he never went a day without telling me how much I meant to him and how beautiful I was. The breakup was devastating. Breakups are hard no matter what, but this just felt cruel. His family liked me, but once he told them we wanted to move in together, their tune changed and he and they gave him an ultimatum, me or his family. I was broken for a long time after that. I've since been in another relationship, but it fizzled out and the whole time I just missed my ex. I'm terrified no one will ever live up to him and I will always miss him. I dream about him often or I catch myself thinking about the time we had together. I just miss being seen and known and loved by him. I'm hoping there will be a Cathbum, Bobby K rekindle miracle with us in the future, but unless he goes against his family, I just don't see it happening. So how do you move on from the love of your life? When is it time to give up hope? Oh Lord, you were not dating someone the way you're meant to date someone. Unfortunately, you were dating him like so many of us do for potential. He had the potential to be the perfect person. He was kind. He was loving. You had great sex. He told you all these amazing things. So if he was able to overcome this stigma and like rule of his family about white women, then he would have been perfect. So if anytime you're in a relationship and you go, if this one thing was just better, he'd be perfect. But your if is a big if. Like basically, if you want to boil it down, and I know like cultures are very complicated and I was in a relationship with a Jewish person for a while, it would not have been acceptable for me to marry him at all if I wasn't, you know, converting, I don't think. And he he made it very clear from the beginning too that like, you can date anyone you want, but you have to marry, or he wanted to even marry someone with the same faith and traditions as he did because that's how he wanted to raise his children. And like, that's fair enough. And now having been with Bobby, we are culturally the same. Like there's white people all over the place, but we forget about culture. Your culture could just be your household, the way you grew up in your village. You know, there are small microcultures and Bobby and I grew up in the same small microculture and that makes our relationship a lot easier we have a lot of shorthand we're different but we have very similar core values about like family and raising children and all these like things that we just don't have to discuss so I do understand now why a lot of Jewish families go well you'll be raising your children Jewish and carrying on this tradition and it's too complicated to like explain it or like you know amalgamate different traditions in the house with someone else just marry a Jewish girl I get it 
Whether they're right or wrong is not my business, but I get where it comes from. And similarly, I do understand why his Muslim family are like, no, you have to marry a Muslim woman and this is the tradition that you will carry on with your children. But it is kind of hurtful that they're like, oh, no, but fuck the white ones all you want. You know what I mean? Like, that's not very nice. It's not it's not the right way to value you because presumably he knew that his family felt this way. He loves you. He treats you like a queen. But like at the same time, he's just wasting your time and he's okay to break some traditions, i.e. having sex with you that you describe as wait, let me find it out of this world. Amazing. That's breaking tradition. But oh, no, I have to marry like a virgin Muslim girl because that's what my family wants. He's not perfect. Things about him were perfect, but this is a big roadblock. Maybe when he's older, because I can see from your little avatar in your email that you're very young. I don't mean to patronize you, but maybe when he's older, he will be in a position where he moves away from that family rule and goes, no, you know what? She was the love of my life. I got to get back with her. I'm not following this rule. But for now, you just have to date someone for who they are now. And now... He's broken your heart because of like his mommy and daddy says he has to marry a Muslim girl. Well, that's not the perfect guy for you, is it? Yes, he loves you. No, like in a way it's not his fault. But like the fact remains that you were dumped because of this thing that you can't control and isn't your fault. You could convert. You could be Muslim. That would probably be fine with his family. I don't think it's about being white. I think it's about being non-Muslim potentially. But like, why should you have to do that? What about your culture and your family? All of that might be important to you. So I don't know. Think about whether you want to convert. Look at it maybe down the line. He might be more mature. He might never have loved anyone else. And he might want to break away from this family rule. But right now, who he is, is someone who cannot be seriously with you. And therefore, he is not the perfect guy. And that will help you get over him. And just you're wasting your time if you keep pining for this man. Either speak to him now, convert to being Muslim, see if that's fine, or leave it, live your life, meet someone else, and you might find the qualities that you loved in him in someone else, but even better, and that someone else doesn't make you feel like shit for being who you are, and their family doesn't reject you for being who you are. Make sense? What is going on with Muslim men this week? Catherine, I have a very old-fashioned problem that I cannot find a modern solution to. I've met the best man for me that I can imagine. We connect on so many levels, are interested in similar things, and challenge each other to try new stuff. He's great. We're great as a team. Two years into the relationship, we're moving in together. Still very much in love, and all is rosy, except I'm Jewish, and he is Muslim. This could be the same guy. They've been together two years. He broke up with this last girl two years ago. He's just moved from one white woman to another. Just breaking hearts, ruining lives. This perfect guy would just go out and date a Muslim girl. What are you doing to us? This is no problem for my family, and he's met them many times. He's been on a holiday with my parents and siblings, but I have yet to meet anyone from his family. He has a brother who lives abroad. I know he knows about me, and he's promised I can meet him in the autumn when he visits. But although he sees his parents regularly, and they're only an hour away... I've never been invited. Worse, when they speak on the phone, my name is never mentioned. Oh, ho, ho. Destiny's Child. Say my name, say my name. It's not in my range. Hmm, this is not the case with his brother. But when he speaks to his parents, it's like I don't exist. Every time I bring this up, he says, we'll talk about it, but not right now. Because of this, I'm left guessing at what the exact problem or fear might be. 
Is it about us having different heritages? Is it a generic dislike of Jewish people? Is it more to do with not liking us living together unmarried? Is it about not wanting a multi-heritage, multi-faith grandchild? He has explicitly said that me being Jewish will be a problem for his mom, regardless that very few people in my family are practicing, but beyond that, he hasn't given me many details. I do know most of his family have married people from within a small community. We're in our 30s. We're talking about our life together and babies and all of that. But how can it happen when I'm not accepted? He says he's told his parents about me, but I'm not really sure anymore. I'm so sad for him that he's living a double life where he's one way with his friends and me and a different way with his family. My family's very multicultural with people of many backgrounds. So this is a new experience I'm trying to navigate. I find it pretty shocking, but I feel like I'm in an old fashioned romance novel and I'm getting bored of it. What should my next steps be? Holy shit. So he's living with you, not liking us living together unmarried. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not told his parents about you at all. They will hate that you are Jewish, regardless of whether your family is practicing or not. They will hate that you are living together unmarried. And if they knew about you, they would hit the fucking roof. They don't know about you. No, they don't. I have watched enough 90 Day Fiance to understand that first generation parents or you know I'm assuming that they're very old-fashioned uh, they can't handle this type of modern twist with their children they just don't like it some families you know I mentioned dating a Jewish person before your Jewish family might not have the same rule I, I'm not saying that every Muslim family has this rule but it sounds like these boys or this boy that you are both dating over the last four years um, he's just a fucking pussy really I'm sorry like there comes a time in every man's life, Fred included, where he's going to have to make a choice between his mother and his wife. If he is indeed, you know, heterosexual, heteronormative, whatever you want to, I don't know what the new word is. It can't be heteronormative. That's wrong because you can't say it's normal. We've taken the word normal, I think, out of language. If you're a man who likes women and this guy loves white women, then you're going to have to choose between your mom and your wife. And I think that this is why you get a lot of moms who like hold on. Oh, I saw this TikTok the other day about psychology uh, of the reason why moms think no woman is ever good enough for their son is because they were not fulfilled in their own romantic relationship you know they married a nice guy he's fine he's a good dad whatever but they didn't get the man of their dreams so they have a son and they feel like they've built him into the perfect man the man of their dreams they love him more than they've ever loved anyone and so no one can possibly be good enough for this man and they hold on to that relationship because that's the relationship that they you know is the best relationship they've ever had they love this perfect perfect man that they created so, I mean, that's a theory, but look, you need to confront this man. Wait till his brother visits in the autumn and you're allowed to see this brother, right? So get both of these boys in the room and go, how dare you waste my time? I'm living with you. I'm in my thirties. We love each other. I need a straight answer today at this cafe table. Do your parents know about me? Do you take this seriously or are you wasting my fucking time until you know you're going to have to run back to mommy with your tail between your legs and say that you can't marry me for these reasons that I can't control. Let me know right now because if you truly love me, you will love me enough to either stand up to your parents or release me from this prison 
of a, you know, dead end relationship because my plans in life are to get married and to have babies and to, you know, live openly and love the person I'm in love with. Maybe you want to convert and be Muslim. Maybe that would be fine with his mom. I don't know. Talk about these things. But it really feels like you are a deep, dark secret and his mom might actually be his wife. Oh no, Catherine, I took your advice and it did not work. Shit, Catherine, a year ago, I listened to an episode of your podcast where you advised a woman to break up with her long-term partner because she wanted to have sex with someone at work. I happened to be in the same situation where my relationship with my long-term partner was stale after renovating a house together and basically just having been friends for a while. So I did it. I broke up with him and slept with the guy at work. Chaos ensued. My ex bought half our house from me, but the sellers of the place I was buying pulled out the day before exchange, so I had to pay all the fees, and I was left with nowhere to live. Every rental place wanted a minimum of six months, which I couldn't commit to, so I ended up moving in with the guy at work for what was meant to be just a couple months. Each subsequent place I tried to buy also fell through for various reasons. In the meantime, the work guy convinced me I should not see any of my friends, as they were mainly mutual friends with my ex. If I was seeing girlfriends, he would randomly show up, so I sort of stopped doing that too. He also wanted to spend every lunch with me, so I lost touch with everyone at work. Then his friend wanted to sell a flat, and he said I should buy that, as there wouldn't be any problems, which I agreed to and my offer was accepted. Then, out of the blue, he broke up with me, said I was spending too much time with him, and I never went out to do my own thing. I was so upset I couldn't go into work for a few days and I told my boss I had a migraine. He told my boss I was pulling a sickie and the reason I wasn't there is because we broke up. He told me he would stay at a friend's while the flat was going through and take holiday from work for a few weeks to keep me, give me some space. Then a few days later he said that actually I would have to leave his house and he wasn't going to take time off work and if I didn't want to see him I should get a new job. So I've moved to a friend's house, which is a long way from work. I'm commuting for hours every day. I sit in my car at work because I have no one to talk to. And I spend every evening by myself thinking about how much I hate him. I already know I shouldn't waste my energy on hating this man who's clearly a bit psychotic. If I leave my job because of him and I lose the flat, I'm only hurting myself, but it's so hard. I guess what I'm asking is how do you stop hating someone? Any advice would be gratefully received? Well, what happened when you took my advice last time? It was it was awful for you. Uh, may I point out, what I did not say was your relationship with your long-term partner is obviously not the one when you want to fuck someone else, so break up with them. I did not then say, move in with the person you bang at work and have a bunch of like house purchase problems and then, you know what I mean? Like... I did not say take all of your eggs from the one basket and put it into the next. I'm sure the advice I gave was that when you're in a relationship with the right person and you are of a monogamous mindset, this is different for like people who like to swing or whatever it's called. Um, like I can imagine I wouldn't want to fuck someone else if I'm with Bobby because I love Bobby and he's like everything to me. So then if I was with someone and I wanted to bang someone else, I think that would probably be a clue that I wasn't so into the someone. I said break up and be single. You've done the opposite. You, and you know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. We all do silly things. So you slept with the guy at work, fine. But then you had loads of like property issues. Where was the solicitor during all this? So my ex bought half our house from me. But the sellers of the place you were buying 
pulled out the day before exchange. So I had to pay all the fees, but was left with nowhere to live. I don't understand how that happened. So you couldn't live in your place and you got half the money from your ex. Right. But the one you were moving into, they pulled out. And that does happen in this country. But then how come you had all these fees if they pulled out? Shouldn't they be like penalized for pulling out last minute? But fine. So they pull out. So you had some fees, but you do have this money from the sale of your previous house and your boyfriend buying you out, right? So then you tried to rent places, but they all wanted a minimum of six months. Why? And why couldn't you commit to that? Every rental place wanted a minimum of six months, which I couldn't commit to. I feel like committing to six months of rent somewhere is a lot better than committing to this new guy at work who you've just banged on the rebound because things were stale with your long-term partner. So not shaming you for that, but let's not do that again. If you're listening, because you listened to me give someone else advice and you made all these bad decisions. So if you're listening, invest in a home before investing in a man. So fine. So you're moving in with this guy now because you have nowhere to live. That already puts you in a very vulnerable position. And then he starts controlling you. Well, you know, that's unfortunate, but it's no surprise. You're living with him because all this stuff has happened. You just slept together. He's this guy at work. So now you're working together, living together. It's very new. Then he isolates you from your friends. You try to rent other places, but they fall through. Then now you've bought a flat on his recommendation. So you work with him, you live with him, you're purchasing his friend's flat. And it's great that it was accepted. But then finally, your relationship's done. So where's this flat? Oh, the sale's going through. You're leaving. So this is why. So this sale, ugh, I feel like you should pull out of this sale too. What do you have to lose? All right, there might be some more fees. But I don't think you need to buy a flat from his friend on his recommendation. I think you need to cut all ties with this guy. It's very difficult to find a new job. Stay in your job if you love it. You will get over this awkward period. You're living with a friend a few miles away. But just remember that this is temporary. And you have to go through sometimes temporary suffering to get to the place that you're meant to be. And I feel like had you not rushed into this new relationship, there would have been a bit of temporary suffering after your previous relationship, but you'd be over that by now. Um, just don't get into another serious thing right now. The worst thing that you can do right now, I feel like you're in a vulnerable position. You're sitting in your car at work. You hate this boy. You're so connected to him because you're buying his friend's flat and all this drama has gone on. The worst thing that you can do and the thing that I think you might do is meet someone else and start up with them. Someone who lives near your work. Maybe your postman. You know what I mean? Don't do that. Just ride this out and you will stop hating him in time because remember, you're trying to get to a place of nothingness. Love is one extreme. Hatred is another extreme. You just got to give it time and grieve what's happened and remember that you're not in charge of what happens, but you are in charge of how you react to what happens. So like, don't let this guy win. You work with him. You keep your head down and do your job. You commute for a bit. It's only temporary. All right. You were a homeowner. You got lots of money in the buyout and you're going to have somewhere to live soon. Be very careful. Get a solicitor. Don't make any emotional decisions when it comes to property. And it might be a tough year. A year feels like a long time. But in the course of your life, you're going to live for 100 years. It's not that long of a time. And you will come out of this period of struggle stronger than you went in. Just don't, you know, make the same mistake again. The best thing you can do is learn from this and be by yourself for a little while. And I promise 
you meet the man of your dreams and you will go oh that was shit and I dated this psycho after I broke up with my ex and maybe I should get back with my ex but you know I didn't he wasn't right for me this new guy wasn't right for me but now I'm in the best place it always happens you just have to have faith and patience Thank you for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to email me, the address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I'm on tour in the UK this autumn. I'm on tour in Europe this autumn. We are going to Harlem in the Netherlands, Oslo, Helsinki, Paris, other places. We'll be around Europe. Check livenation.co.uk to see where I am. And please come see me. I'm always so grateful when you do. All That Glitters comes out August 25th on BBC Two at 9pm prime time, baby. It is the search for Britain's next big jewelry star. We have a brand new judge on the show, Dinny Hall. Maybe you already love her work. I know you love Sean Lean, the best of the best. I cannot wait for you to see his outfits that he trots out on the show. And finally, my paperback edition of The Audacity is available now. Check out the cover. Buy it for someone if you're traveling and you don't want to have a hardback in your bag paperback is the one for you thank you so much and i'll see you next week mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com